Leading Ideas Talks podcast is brought to you by the Lewis Center for Church Leadership of Wesley Theological Seminary in Washington, D.C. Subscribe free to our weekly e-newsletter, Leading Ideas, at churchleadership.com slash leadingideas. Leading Ideas Talks is also brought to you by Be the Welcoming Church. With this engaging video resource, you'll learn how your church can make visitors feel truly welcome and comfortable through best practices for developing welcoming worship, church buildings, congregations, and websites. Learn more about Be the Welcoming Church and watch sample videos at churchleadership.com slash Be the Welcoming Church. How has the pandemic shaped the vitality and resiliency of congregations? And did it really prompt large numbers of pastors to leave the ministry? In this episode, Scott Thuma shares insights from ongoing research on the pandemic's impact on congregational life and health. Welcome to Leading Ideas Talks, a podcast featuring thought leaders and innovative practitioners. I am Douglas Poe, the director of the Lewis Center and your host for this talk. Joining me is Dr. Scott Thuma, who is the principal investigator for the Exploring the Pandemic Impact on Congregations and Professor of Religion at Harford International. Our focus for this podcast is early insights from the project of the impact on the pandemic. Scott, I'm so uh, grateful you're joining us today and looking forward to this conversation and your work. Oh, it's it's wonderful wonderful to be here, Douglas. I, I appreciate talking with your audience and, and giving you uh, whatever insight I have <laughs> about this uh, strange situation that we're living in. Absolutely, a strange situation. And let's sort of uh, begin by just having you share a little bit about the project and the work that you're doing, because um, we all know, of course, because we're living through this pandemic, that it certainly has um, created an impact and you're actually studying that impact. So can you share a little bit about what you're doing? Sure, uh, I, I was on sabbatical when the pandemic started and quickly realized as a sociologist of religion that uh, this was gonna have a, a pretty profound effect on congregations and it, it did immediately. Um, but the longer the pandemic uh, looked like it was going to go, the the more profound I thought the, the challenges were going to be. And we we were in the midst of working on our Faith Communities Today National Survey for 2020, uh, at which we eventually collected 15,000 uh, responses from congregations. And, and most of that was just prior to the pandemic. And so we've taken that as kind of a baseline measure and, and I proposed to Lilly Endowment uh, a, a larger survey to look at how congregations were dealing with the pandemic, but mostly to look at the changes that were going to be happening over time. And, and, and so what we put together was a, a five-year project that had both uh, survey, uh, key informant survey data attached to it across those five years, we had a longitudinal panel component. We also are doing uh, case studies on about 100 congregations in eight different locations around the country. And then uh, mostly in 2023 and 24, we're gonna do a very large 
uh, attender survey. So we'll be asking people in the pews uh, both how they weathered the pandemic, but also how they're thinking about uh, responding to the challenges of their congregations as they sit in the pews and volunteer and such. And so what we're trying to do is, is capture as much uh, data around both what congregations did during the pandemic, but then also mostly uh, what they look like in 23, 24, 25, uh, to see you know, what, what things really don't look the same as they did in, in the past. So we'll see how it goes, but uh, uh, thus far it's, <laughs> it's a, a, yeah, a challenging time for, for sure. I, I thank you for the overview, and I just want to pick up on uh, where you ended with the challenging time. Given sort of, I know you're early into the project, but how do you think faith leaders um, have fared, or what is the toll you believe the pandemic has taken on faith leaders just from your sort of early conversations? Well, <laughs> our, our first survey we did in, in last summer uh, we asked the question of, you know, was 2020 the the worst year of your ministry? And and uh, about 65% said that they had thought that at, at some point in 2020, uh, which leads me to to wonder, like, how how rough was it for the other group of people? <laughs> what you know, what are the maybe it was their first year of ministry or. Or as one of my colleagues said, maybe they're all introverts and they were just happy to not have to have church. You know, <laughs> you know we don't have to see those people. <laughs> no, um, I mean, so it it clearly uh, every person, every religious leader we talk to uh, talks about being exhausted and worn out, and you know, they were on creative overload for so long, and 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 especially in the congregations, uh, probably 250 attendees or less, you know, because they don't have large staff. So it really oftentimes much of the creative work rested on the shoulders of a single person. Uh, and that person many times is half time even. So uh, it, it, it was a challenging time for sure. Let's um, let me follow up with that. Uh, you wrote an article. A you know the article is a, a great resignation um, brewing for pastors, and the connection I want to make here is there's been a lot of talk, of course, about what you just said: the exhaustion, the creativity overload, and all these things taking place for pastors. But in the article, you actually talk about sort of a nuanced perspective that it's not as many people actually leaving ministry as one would believe, because um, there's been other articles talking about sort of this great pastor resignation. Can you can you share a little bit about uh, what you wrote and why you're nuancing a little bit uh, this sort of thought that all the pastors are running for the door? <laughs> yes. So in that same survey where we asked, uh, was this the hardest year? We, we also asked, uh, uh, have you seriously considered leaving the ministry? And we found that about 37 or 38% had, had said they thought that at one point. 
And, and that paralleled very closely to what uh, the Barna Research Institute had, had found that 38% said that they, they thought about leaving the ministry. So on the surface, it looked like, you know, there is this massive number, 40% almost, that, that want or have, have been so beaten down by the, the, those year, two years of the pandemic. That, uh, but that, that just didn't resonate with what I was hearing from clergy. I mean, certainly they were tired, they were worn out. They, they had been up and down in the roller coaster, but, but it was clear from my conversations that they weren't ready to get off the ride. <laughs> you know, they may have thought about it right before they were crashing down at one point, but, uh, but nevertheless, they were still there. And, and so one of the aspects of our question was, how often did you think that thought? <laughs> And so when we started to look at, okay, did they think about it once or twice, or did they a few times, or uh, often, or very often, um, when you look at the fairly often or very often people that, who are really pondering this, uh, it really drops to 8%, and the very often really drops to 3%. And, and that's true not only for leaving the ministry, but also leaving the church that you're out at, or doubting your call to God, right? There, there is a significant number, somewhere between 35, 25 and 35% who have thought it, you know, <laughs> but the people who are really contemplating it drops down to far less than 10%. And the, the, the really serious contemplating it is just 3% across the board for all three of those questions. And, and when we correlated those questions, it, that 3% is essentially all the same people. <laughs> so essentially what it's saying is that there really are a small percentage of clergy who, who have kind of given up on the profession. Uh, and, and when you dig even deeper as to why uh, those folks are thinking this fairly often or very often, you really see that they're in difficult congregations to begin with. Uh, all the other measures that we have of uh, conflict or uh, decline over time or you know, challenging financial situations, all of those are active in, in the congregations these folks are coming from. So it's, it's not just a matter of, I think, the clergy giving up because of a difficult situation, uh, because of the pandemic, but the pandemic exacerbated what they were already dealing with in the, in the life of these congregations. And, and I, so I think that seems much more realistic to what I'm hearing and what we're seeing than this, you know, massive oh, you know, there's this great reshuffling and, you know, folks are res resigning. And, um, I, I, I just think it, it, it's more realistic to the, to the reality. So a couple of uh, follow-up questions. Uh, the first one, sort of simple. For those who are sort of in that 3%, do you think that, um, and here I'm asking you to sort of guess, that it's likely they may have left anyway. It may not have been as quickly, but 
given the circumstances of the congregations they were pastoring, if they weren't in a system where they could be moved, they probably would have eventually left the ministry anyway. Yes, I, I, I do think that's the case. And, and that in some sense, the pandemic offered them a, uh, an, an excuse to, to, make the, to make the move now. Or, or, and, and honestly, that group of 3% looked like they, they wouldn't be happy even if they transferred somewhere else, <laughs> right? Even though they said they also thought about leaving their congregation. Um, I, I don't think they would have uh, been been satisfied just you know changing playgrounds kind of thing. Yeah, that's interesting and helpful. The uh, the other question that strikes me is, um, and you hinted at this a little bit. You talked about sort of the the diversity of congregations in terms of uh, denominations, size. Um, I'm going to throw race in there. Um, so can you speak a little bit about how that complicates your study for the impact of COVID? Because you talked about those under 250 were impacted more significantly than larger congregations. So as you start looking at these variables, does it make it sort of hard to really figure out the impact of COVID? Because the reality is some of these congregations would have struggled regardless of COVID. Am I making sense? Yeah. Yes, um, it, it, it's challenging, uh, to say the least, um, <clears throat> in, in part because, obviously, the dynamic's still going on. Right? Yeah, uh, I mean, almost no congregation has, has recovered <laughs> in, in, in uh, any sort of sense of the word. And so it, it's still in motion, and so that makes it difficult. But... But also a part of our Faith Communities Today project, which has been going on since 2000, um, and, and you all have covered <laughs> wonderfully over, over the years, uh, really does show that these trends that we're seeing in the moment around the pandemic uh, were, were trends that have been developing uh, for the last 20 years. And, and so anytime I do a talk about uh, our our epic project, the exploring the pandemic's impact on congregations. Uh, I always begin now with uh, a rehearsal of the fact data, the faith communities today data across time, because because what we're seeing in the pandemic moment is really just an extension of what has has already been happening, and and some of that has to do with changes around. Um, racial makeup of congregations. Some of it has to do with immigration. A lot of it has to do with the shifting size dynamics in, in American congregations. And, and I think the pandemic has, uh, obviously it's stressed all of all congregations, but it really just um, intensified some of those patterns, I think, uh, that we saw prior to it. So so it is hard to tease out which aspects of this uh, are are directly due to the pandemic. Although, and then and then when you throw in sort of the 
the racial unrest that, that took place over the last several years, and also uh, the political unrest that took place over the last several years. Um, and then the challenges around masking and closures and, and uh, vaccinations around the, pan, around the pandemic. Um, congregations, social entities, uh, even society as a whole uh, is in a moment of significant turmoil. And so how much of each of those play a part in, in what we're seeing uh, is, a, is a really uh, interesting question. And, and I'm hoping that maybe not in the immediate, uh, but five years down the road, we'll have enough data that maybe some smart statisticians will be able to pull some of this apart. Uh, but uh, I'm, I want to retire by then. So I, I'm, no, my, my main goal with the project is to try to get good, helpful information out to clergy and, and to congregations as quickly as we can. Right. And, and so uh, that's, that's my, my main emphasis right now. The, the real challenging questions come uh, down the road when we have some time to, to do, do more analysis. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Let me um, shift a little bit, but it's still sort of in the same vein. Given what you just said, um, and we can sort of look at the trajectory of uh, even going back, you say, 15, 20 years, how do you think um, the pandemic has impacted vitality? And, and for the Religious Workforce Project, uh, Tim Snyder, who's um, our principal investigator, used the words resilience. Like, uh, do you see that congregations really um, have exhibited um, resilience and in some cases real vitality, even in the midst of all the turmoil you just described? Yeah, that, that was one of the surprising um, pieces of the first survey that we did, uh, because on the one hand, we, we clearly had um, relatively devastating uh, results of, of decline in, in attendance and a significant decline in volunteering, uh, you know, closure of various programs, no uh, fellowship activities that, you know, that knit people together. Uh, but at the same time, you had uh, an institution that is not known for being willing to change, uh, and certainly not change rapidly, al almost transform itself overnight uh, in terms of uh, how they did worship, how they jumped on online giving and live streaming and and in those early days when we were interviewing, or well, actually a year, almost a year and a half into the pandemic, we are interviewing pastors and, and a lot of them were saying, you know, we're really proud of all that we've done. Uh, we, we beat, one of them said, we beat the pandemic, you know, uh, because they, they actually motivated their people to change and to to adapt and to innovate. And I would not have ever guessed that. Um, you know, I, I thought a lot more were just gonna close down and 
and wait this out uh, based on the previous decades of research I've done on congregations. They're just not known for, you know, uh, nimbleness <laughs> uh, until they get, you know, very, very large in many ways. So um, it, it, was, it was very clear organizationally that there, there was a willingness to survive and, and that created a, a, quite a bit of resilience and, and uh, innovation. The, the other place that we saw or that I, that I saw in the data, um, just, just amazing resilience it is around some of those same questions to the clergy. Um, you know, the, the, what we talked about already, how many of them had a fleeting thought about this is terrible, but clearly weren't giving up. <laughs> and we, we also had a battery of uh, kind of mental health and physical health and, and, and resilient sort of questions like that. And it looked like there was a little bit of suffering or so, but until I compared it to the average American <laughs> on some of those same scores, and then clergy actually were uh, looking much healthier than, than the average uh, person on the street, uh, both prior to the pandemic and at, in the early years of the, the year of the pandemic. So um, it, it showed that no matter how much clergy were grumbling and worn out and exhausted. Um, nevertheless, they were fair, faring uh, well. And uh, I, I took a lot of hope in that. Um, you know, it's obviously not over <laughs> and, and clergy have to continue to think about how to adapt and innovate because the world that they're coming out of the pandemic into is not the world that they left uh, prior to the pandemic. So uh, in some sense, that moment of creativity and flexibility is not over, but, it, but it's the perfect time for congregations to continue to innovate because they, the fallow ground has kind of been broken up for the last two years. And so uh, now is a good time to plant some new seeds, I think. Have you um, discovered in conversations recently that um, they are still able to do some of the innovation or are you finding that uh, individuals are sort of slipping back into what they were doing previous to the impact of the pandemic? Yeah, that's that's the real question is you know, sort of what <laughs> yeah. what comes next. Right. That's um, right. I mean, as things continue to evolve, I I, I do we see we see both stories in the data. Okay. Uh, you know, and I I think that's it's gonna be a it's gonna be interesting to watch it develop over time. But what what we see um is Clearly, there are at least 30 to 40% of congregations that uh, have taken this to heart and are continuing to try new things in their Sunday school programs to, to tweak 
the worship service so that it's more adaptable for hybrid, you know, both virtual and, and in-person worship, uh, creative ways of continuing to do committee meetings, all, all these sorts of things. And then you see um, maybe 50% of congregations that um, are drifting back to old patterns and, and old habits. And, um, and unfortunately, it, it does correlate a lot with size. Um, so, it, so it's incredibly easy to understand, right? I mean, if, if you're a 60-person congregation and you have a three-quarter time pastor, um, you know, th there's just not the resources and, and not the energy oftentimes because maybe half those people are over the age of 60 or 65. And um, so it's, it's challenging, I think, for, for a lot of congregations, um, but also some congregations live in areas <laughs> that weren't that directly affected by the pandemic. Uh, their, their social patterns haven't changed that much as opposed to other more suburban and urban areas that are, um, you know, the, the world is completely different than before. So um, it, it's gonna, it, it, it will take a number of years, I think, to, to understand what really shakes out of all of this. But um, there, there are probably going to be some winners and, and some, some losers. And, yeah. uh, you know, we went into the pandemic knowing full well that there are probably too many congregations. Um, and, and, and that's part of the, part of the shifting, the, the declining size of congregations is, uh, populations have moved around in our country, but you can't pick up a congregation the building and everything and move it too. So, so those places that have gained people through migration and, and immigration don't have enough congregations, therefore they get bigger. And the places where they've left, like New England or, or the, the central Midwest or whatever, uh, or small and rural areas, uh, those congregations are increasingly smaller and smaller um, and and so the pandemic just kind of amplified that dynamic. Well, Scott, as we uh, prepare to close our time together, I just want to finish with letting you sort of reflect on, and you've talked a little bit about this, but what are you hoping to sort of share with pastors and congregations in the next 12 months that you think will be able to help them maybe to even address some of the challenges that you've raised um, because of the pandemic, but actually started even before the pandemic. So what is it that you're hoping that you will be able to share with the data you're collecting? Yes, uh, well, we, we continue to survey. Uh, we, we just closed out our, our third pandemic survey. And so within, within the coming weeks, we'll be putting out uh, two different um, reports, one, about religious education and how congregations have um, adapted uh, their Sunday school programs, their, their adult uh, religious education programs, uh, both during the pandemic and what kind of creativity they, they used with those. But then also um, 
a, a, a longer trend of, of how things are changing over time. We're, we're trying to, to map that about every six months, if possible. So those both will be coming out soon. And, and as I said, we, we really want um, clergy and, and congregational leaders to, to get the facts. <laughs> uh, and you know, it's, it's one thing to kind of hear what's going on around you, but to, to see more broadly uh, how congregations are adapting and changing and, and what practices work best, uh, I think will be very helpful for clergy. And, and then we're also now uh, deep in these case studies. And, and so we're, we're trying to hear the stories and listen to people doing interviews, doing uh, focus groups and observations within congregations. So we're, we'll not just have, you know, the sky high sort of statistical hope picture, but we're also trying to fill that in with some, some rich examples and, and other stories. And so, so we're hoping that uh, in the short run over this next year, um, that, that will help give clergy um, and, and other leaders a, a better picture of, of what's really going on. Uh, oftentimes you get kind of lost in the details of your own situation uh, and think you're alone in experiencing some of these things, but, uh, but we we hope that that what we find will will uh, just just give clergy both uh, some hope and and also some answers and resources. Well, Scott, thank you so much. This has been uh, a great conversation. And even though I've been following and reading, I still learned some new things about your work, and I look forward to those future reports. Well, thank you, Douglas. It's wonderful talking with you. And and uh, if any of your listeners want to be a part of this, uh, they can go to our website uh, at covidreligionresearch.org and, and volunteer to uh, be a part, uh, have their congregation be a part. And, the, and we might even have honorarium for some of them. Thanks for joining us for Leading Ideas Talks. Please like and subscribe to this channel and click the bell icon to get updates for new videos.